welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation, offering you a conservatarian perspective. And thrilled to have on the line with me, Sherry Kiesiker. She's a mom. She's also an expert on um, FERPA, which is the uh, law against the data collection on our kids. And she really is a watchdog on what's happening uh, with our kids' data. So Sherry Kiesiker, welcome. Hey, good morning. Thanks, Kim. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, You have been concerned about data collection of our kids for a long time. Yeah, and I guess I'm I'm watching these bills come through the Colorado legislature, and I, I think as Representative Ransom said, I'm looking at not actually the issue that the bill is looking at. I'm looking at the data collection in each of these bills, and there's no consent and there's no opt-out oftentimes. And it, it's actually shocking to me that we're kind of ignoring parental rights and giving little or no notice to what's happening to these, these children in schools. And what's the danger, do you think, of data collection of our kids? Oh, boy. Well, I mean, everybody's familiar with data breaches um, and Facebook using your data. But, but these are adults that data that is being used with children. Children have to go to school. And as part of going to school, you shouldn't have to give up your private data. I can't access your medical data. Yet with this bill, parents have no rights. They, they can't keep their children's medical information safe or private. And as you said, it can be linked to by researchers. It can be linked to by future employers, perhaps, because all of these databases can be linked to. And when a school collects information, it is covered under FERPA if it's in a child's education records. And right on the Colorado Department of Health page, it says under their FERPA notification, if a school wants to add student immunization information to their state information system, they have to have written consent from the parent. So what this bill does, the vaccine bill, for instance, HB 1312, to get around FERPA and to be able to give that personal information of a child's medical immunizations and records to the state, they now require parents to go in person, which is, I would say, unequitable for a lot of parents who are working and mm-hmm. have you know, the children that's hard to do, and it's, it's intimidating. And I feel like that's probably the, the point of it. I think Governor Polis actually said it best. He said this is actually sowing the seeds of distrust, distrust of the vaccines themselves, and distrust of the government. If something is so great, why do you have to force it on people? That is the question. Right. Right And forcing citizens into a state list, a database of names and information, is not something that sounds like we want in our country. And And it's children. It's the most vulnerable population. So my concern, and I just like to go through this because I don't think anybody's hit on this, I was watching the House debates on this vaccine, and the representative that's sponsoring this bill, Representative Molica, has said multiple times that parents can opt out of this state registry, the information system. The bill is very conflicting, and what the bill says is uh, physicians must, 
get, um, inform a parent that they can opt out of this in, in, in immunization tracking system. However, the next line says it requires a licensed physician or practitioner to submit the immunization and medical exemption data to the state tracking data system. So in testimony, he said twice, on second reading and third reading, they can opt out, but, and I, I picked up on that, and a couple of the parents picked up on that as well. It's not a true opt-out. He actually admitted that what they will do is you can opt out of the SIS, the immunization information system, that's the state database, but they keep the children's medical exemption data on file, personally identifiable, in case there's an outbreak and they can, they can inform the family. Well, Kim, you and I know the schools already have that information and the schools already do inform parents if there's, a, if there's um, any kind of emergency or outbreak and they need to inform vaccinated or unvaccinated children. The schools have that data. So I think that's um, disingenuous to say it's an opt-out. It's not a true opt-out. And I think that if they are going to pass this bill, they at least need to be honest and they need to make it a true opt-out or be honest that it's not an opt-out. I would also like to say that all the information in these databases can be linked to. And Denver Public Health has a presentation where they have actually linked to the um, Colorado Immunization Information System, and they talk about leveraging this data and using it as a calculation, in, an immunization calculation engine, and they do monthly downloads of this data, and they share it with multiple entities. And the goal is to process millions of patient records at a time. So if, if they can do that, Denver Public Health is already doing that. Is that the goal of, of this bill is to process millions of children's records at a time, flag the, the children who do not have certain immunizations, and send reminders and, and basically harass these parents? And if that's the case, how much is all of this going to cost? This reminds me of an unfunded mandate. The bill actually has zero fiscal note, and then they plan to go back to JDC next year and ask for more money. That's not how we should do things. That's not fiscally responsible. I think there are so many problems with this bill, and if Governor Polis gets this bill on his desk, I hope he doesn't let it become law. I hope he actually vetoes this, because this is sowing distrust and fear, and it's not what we want to do. Well, a couple of things on that, Sherry. First of all, the zero fiscal note is disingenuous. You know, as you look at the things that will have to occur, I mean, just the cost for schools to keep track of all of this stuff and input all that, that that's going to cost things. So, you know, it's, it's disingenuous right there. And then it's disingenuous to say that there's an opt-out. As you mentioned, and, and I read the bill as well, it said that parents would have to the health department, in which you, again, it is somewhat, um, um, you know, it's kind of scary if you've never done anything like that before. I did go to, out and um, to the Tri-County Health um, Board meeting a month or so ago on the hypersexualization of our kids bill, that 1312. And the executive director had been down at the 
the uh, Capitol and had been testifying, saying that he was speaking on behalf of the three counties, that he was in support of that, when, when actually he didn't have the permission of the three counties to do that. And mm-hmm. it was, uh, I think my point was, is I'd never been over to Tri-County Health before. You know, it was a little daunting to go do that. So let's say that you're a working parent with little kids. And uh, how are you going to get to a place that's open 9 to 5 or 8 to 6 or whatever, you know, with, with everything going on here? And so it's not a true opt-out. The other thing, Sherry, that my understanding is, is that you sign a form. So there's some compelled speech in this. And it may be along the line of, I understand that I'm putting my child at risk because I'm not getting this vaccination. Well, who's well this they, si- did, they did agree to, to remove that. In the house, but it was in there. I mean, honestly, it was in there. And let's just think Mm -hmm. about it. You know, if in fact you sign something like that, how about five years down the road? There's a knock on your door saying, "Hey, we understand that you signed something saying that you're putting your child at risk, and that's not okay. We're taking your kids." I know that sounds kind of tin hatty, but it could happen in this crazy stuff that's going on. Absolutely, we have other bills in the house that 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 actually allow would allow the the school to send social workers to your home and refer your children for for different services and again there's no parent opt-out there's no uh parent consent required and they're targeting low-income and ethnic populations this is house bill 1017 the social emotional k-5 project uh pilot project and you know i have no problem with wanting to help but I have a problem when you don't give people a choice and you are using the children's information in ways that they can't predict and they can't see and they can't control. Sherry Hesiker, you have nailed it right there. We need to go to break. When we come back, uh, I, I think what I have finally figured out is that these, these radical activists, they take something that is good, and it could be just about any issue, whether or not, hey, we need to make sure that we are good stewards and that we have clean water, clean air, and take care of our kids, whatever. They take something that we all agree is a value, and then they morph it into something that gives them control and takes away the freedom of, of everyday people. And uh, you've, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Let's go to break. Let's continue on with this very important conversation with Sherry Kiesiker. We'll be right back. On the line with me is Sherry Kiesiker. She is a mom. She is uh, an expert on... Uh, her concern for the um, data collection of our children. And we're talking about this um, forced vaccination bill, which is, oh, no, uh, I'm, ha- I'm having a brain freeze, Sherry. What's that bill number? 1312. 1312. Okay, that's what I thought it was. And you mentioned this before we went to break. And you're saying that there is no choice uh, really on this. That the, and when you say no choice, the next word is force. And so this 1312 has all kinds of no choice and forced, forcing vaccinations. And as I read the bill, Sherry, there is an unelected board, a bureaucratic board that can mandate what, uh, what vaccinations, what are put into our kids' bodies. And they can add on to that in the future, and there's really no, no accountability on it. Right, and the ability to promulgate rules and decide how many vaccines and which vaccines. You know, Kim, every child is different. I know my child has different allergies than your child or someone else's child. And, you know, you listen to the hundreds of parents that came to testify on this bill for and against in the House, 
And what, what you heard is there's a lot of fear, and the force is not helping. And I think it's, it's your child, and if you know that you want to delay a vaccine because you're concerned about putting all of this into one little tiny body at once and you would really like to spread out your vaccines, you can't do that. And this, this board that is, as you said, unelected, has ultimate power to say, no, you have to give it all at once or you're going to have to go through all these hoops and eventually what other exemptions are they going to come down the pike with? It's going to make it harder and harder. And, you know, I understand that people are, are, are afraid and I understand that vaccines do, you know, have potential to do a lot of good, but in some people they have potential to do a lot of harm and we have to respect that and there should be choice. Well, and it goes in a way to the whole free market question, the, the question of capitalism, okay, that, that really is getting a bad rep um, with many of our kids, and that is is accountability. So if, in fact, uh, there is a vaccine that is presented to a parent and they say this vaccine, you know, the pharmaceutical company has developed it, they've tested it, uh, the parent talks to their doctor, you know, about the benefits, the risks, and uh, they make that free choice to actually then pay the money to have a vaccination. That's the way it's supposed to work. And that is one of the best ways to keep pharmaceutical companies accountable is to make sure that there's a free market so that people can either choose or not choose whether or not they're going to use that product. And that is one of the, the best ways to keep somebody accountable is when people can freely choose whether or not to use their services or their goods or not. Well, and also, I think you made a good point. You have to be informed, and a lot of times parents go to the physician and you feel very pressured into getting these shots, and if you ask to see the product inserts and what's in your vaccine, a lot of times parents have been told they can't look at that, they can't have that, and if you go on the web, a lot of times you can't even find the product insert or the warnings or what the side effects of this could be or what is reported and I, I find it very fascinating because actually there's a federal law, U.S. Code 300AA-22, Standards of Responsibility, the NBIC, and what it says is for the um, vaccine manufacturers must give proper warnings. They must give the CDC warnings and um, adverse effects and the product um ingredients. So um, if, if we aren't given all the information, how can you make an informed choice? And this bill, there were amendments that got killed asking for exactly that. Parents should be given all the information, the product ingredients, and the warnings and the contraindications before they make this choice to, to vaccinate their child or delay a vaccine. I would very much appreciate an amendment to this bill that would say you are allowed to delay vaccines and you can have a little broader what this medical exemption that they're doing according to the ACIP guidelines really narrows a medical exemption. So if you have a genetic mutation that you know has already caused harm for your child, you still can't, under ACIP guidelines, call that a medical exemption. It's so it's making it much more difficult, and I would very much appreciate a, a broader medical exemption and 
able to delay. Well, and Sherry Kusicker, I really think that the radical activists are not that have taken over the Colorado legislature and, and, you know, House, Senate and the governor's office. They're not interesting in listening to people. My understanding, you said that you watched the uh, the House votes is that at least on the second vote, there were moms that were in the gallery till I think like three in the morning. And um, and these amendments were being presented and um, the Democrats said, no, 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 no. But the other thing is, is just during the debate, and I know this is naive. I used to think that, that the House floor, the Senate floor, was where debate would occur, you know, in front of, in, in transparency, in, in front of the public about the merits or and the, not the merits of a particular bill. I guess this was introduced, and a bunch of the Democrats left for a while while the, the Republicans were there, heartfelt, making the case for, against this forced vaccination of our kids. And I think the veil is off. There are many moms that I think that used to think that the Democrat the Democrat Party cared about them and their kids. And after looking at what's happened here, the Democrats, a lot of them walked away until they came back for the vote. The veil is off. And there's a lot of moms that are like, whoa, I've learned a lot on this whole 1312 while I'm watching it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this should not be a partisan issue, and very much so it it is. And I've seen pictures of the floor empty when the Democrats left when they started debating this bill. I wasn't there, but I've seen a lot of pictures. And and, um, I I think that it's it's really sad, the state that we're in. And it's not the people's house anymore. So what can we do, Sherry Kiesiger? Now, this is a good, this bill is going over to the Senate, right? And uh, it may get to the governor's desk or it may not. What What's your uh, crystal ball say regarding uh, as we look forward on 1312? Oh, I have no idea because, like, as you said, they're running out of time. Um, and there are a lot of parents that are watching this bill and ready to testify. And, of course, there's a lot of big pharma lobbyists that are also watching this bill and ready to testify. Um, I, Your guess is as good as mine is where this will end up. But um, I think parents just need to know their rights and need to assert their rights. And I'm hoping Governor Polis will respect citizens and respect, you know, we don't want a, a government that we're fearful of. We don't want so distrust we want to respect our citizens and this bill right now certainly does not well and you mentioned something about nonpartisan, and you know my byline is dissecting issues is right versus wrong instead of right versus left agree or disagree let's have a conversation and where i really come down is on the side of freedom and not force because i i believe in the individual i believe that people should have the choices on how they live their lives uh, and that you shouldn't take from other people and that you need to earn your way. So, you know, that's that's where I come down. And uh, what I've seen with this whole state legislature is they've not really listened to the people. They they have an agenda. It's an agenda of power. It's an agenda of, uh, of um, you know, not letting people make their choices. But it's been bipartisan. Uh, there is a, a, a Republican senator who is sponsoring 1312. So this is a nonpartisan overreach, <laughs> if you will. And I think it's important to understand uh, yeah. that. 
And I think that perhaps if that senator is listening, and I'll say his name, Senator Priola, this bill does not allow parents to opt out their children from the medical exemption database that's at the state level. And that is not the proper role of government. We would really appreciate your help with this. Okay, well, Sherry Kiesiker, thank you so much, and you have a great day.